0: Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning.
1: And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time.
0: Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way through the very end. This is episode 80, where we're discussing Cabin Fever from season 4 of Lost. Are you Jacob? No. But I can speak on his behalf.
1: Well, who are you? I'm Christian. You know why I'm here? Yeah, sure.
0: Do you? I'm here
1: because I was chosen to be. It's absolutely.
0: John
1: what are you doing here
0: don't worry I'm fine I'm with him (laughs) where's the baby the baby's where he's supposed to be and that's not here it's probably best that you don't tell anyone that you saw her why why is she we don't have time for this the people from the boat are already on their way back And once they get here, all of these questions won't matter one bit. So why don't you ask the one question that does matter? How do I save the island? Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 80 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And we're discussing Cabin Fever, a lock centric episode, and part one of a three-part finale. And I'm excited to talk about this one. I'll let you kick us off this time, though.
1: Okay. Well, obviously, my first of my notes here, I have um, uh, the scene with... Uh, what we who we find out to be Locke's mother mm-hmm. and grandmother, and yeah. um, find out a little bit about um, that situation, how it started off, and and it was just interesting to the, the kind of the situation that Locke's mother was in, and you know that she was herself hit by a, you know a car, and 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 that Locke and that made uh, her have Locke so early, mm-hmm. and uh, that he was kind of a miracle baby from the beginning. Yeah. You know, and, uh, very special, and, um, but also was born into controversy and a real tough life. Right. Um, which is kind of the theme for Locke's life. You know, he's really special, but has had a very hard way to go. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Right. Now, one thing I thought was really interesting is, you know, the whole thing is, you know, Emily gearing up for this date mm-hmm. with, you know, with somebody. And what really bugs me is the fact that they didn't make it obvious that it was Anthony Cooper. Like, right. we, you know, obviously if she's pregnant with, you know, the baby and she's really says she's in love with this guy, we assume that it's Anthony mm-hmm. Cooper who she's talking about. But the fact that they just didn't have anything or didn't take the opportunity to have the scene, you know, with Anthony Cooper in it, you know, a young yeah. Anthony Cooper. Yeah. Seemed really suspicious to me. Oh, yeah. But, you know, as you said, she's hit by the car, ends up in the hospital, all this stuff and ends up having the baby premature. Um, But one thing I noticed is later the nurse comments about all the sicknesses and you know that Locke has been able to fight Mm -hmm. off and how strong he is so from early on there's all this talk about you know his strength and ability to overcome things. Mm -hmm. But Emily decides she can't take care of the baby and gives him up for adoption and uh, Emily's mother (laughs) standing in the room when she notices a Mr. Richard Alpert looking at them through the window. Yep, and how creepy is it to think of baby Locke standing, you know, lying there, and then Richard Alpert at his same age he is now, pretty much. Yep, yep, standing there looking at him.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's totally creepy, and and it makes you uh, see. I think Richard Alpert is a, a lot uh, more powerful and has a lot more to do with the. Uh, this whole thing Then then maybe let on, I mean we knew that But like mm-hmm. he kind of Is in and out The story so much You kind of forget him But he's around For everything Yeah uh, In the past Present and future
0: Right So later a young Locke is playing Backgammon When he's visited By Richard um, He says he runs A school for children Who are special And he thinks Locke might be One of them mm-hmm. And on the wall Is a drawing Of what looks A lot like The smoke monster mm-hmm. Attacking someone Well we gotta Talk about this
1: yeah um now, wh- of the corn what
0: does that mean that he, as a child, was having visions or something of this smoke monster attacking people
1: i mean yeah i mean uh, obviously he has some kind of uh um uh, maybe okay, maybe he had the same ability uh that that Walt had to project mm-hmm. himself into be places where where he's you know Mm-hmm. not supposed to be or or really isn't you know so maybe he's been in this presence of this smoke monster or seen it as a child mm-hmm. uh, because he has his you know, abilities or whatever um like walt and um and as uh, uh i don't know is maybe rich albert was looking to bring him to the island right for that school Mm-hmm. That you know that Ben was a part of, you know, that's part of the school thing that he was talking about, you know, bringing him there and studying him and all those things. Um, but it definitely, obviously, Locke somehow knows about the smoke monster as a child, right? You know,
0: yeah, and it just it seems earth shattering. I think, yeah. Um, so then he lays out a few items: a baseball glove, a book of laws, uh, some some sand, like in a little glass vial. A compass, a horror comic, and a knife. And he says, tell me, John, which of these things belong to you? Which of these things belong to you already? Mm -hmm. Um, And young Locke looks over the items and chooses the knife, which doesn't seem to impress Richard too much. He ends up getting up and leaving and says, I'm afraid John isn't quite ready for our school. Yeah. So... I think those the were, wording is very important, I think. Yeah. Like, which one of these things belong to you already? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and, and I think those are symbols. I mean, obviously symbols for mm-hmm. for the island, things like that. The little vial of what looked like sand, I w almost reminded me of the ash.
0: Yeah, around the cabin. Around
1: the cabin, Yeah, you know. But it almost seemed like Rich Alpert was upset that he chose the knife. Uh-huh. Um, like, the knife symbolized the... Um, Mm, power. It's,
0: like, it's his like it's natural inclination for Locke is the knife, but Richard like no, has hope head. for something better. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, well, yeah. He kind of goes on to say something to the effect you know, whenever Locke later is being bull- bullied around,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he says, "I'm, you know, I want to be an athlete. I want to be, you know, I want to be all these things." And that, you know, he's not those things. It's like the knife was something that he's been calling himself this hunter. Mm-hmm. forever. Well, Richard's saying, you're not that person. You're right. this other person. So mm-hmm. you're not ready yet. You can't accept what you are yet.
0: Yeah. You know? Right. So later Locke's in high school and getting picked on a little bit by the other kids. And one of the teachers tells him that Middle East Laboratories is interested in finding young, bright minds mm-hmm. to attend their science camp. And he's trying to be the cool guy, you know, that's into cars and sports and all that stuff. But he seems to have a natural ability with science, mm-hmm. but refuses to go. Basically, again, trying to become who he wants to be, not who he's destined to be. Right,
1: exactly. Which is kind of interesting that they would say that he is a gifted scientist. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen, I mean, I've seen a little a little abilities there, but nothing that really makes me think that Locke the scientist. Yeah. You know?
0: There's been much more talk about Locke, you know, the faithful guy. You yeah, know, yeah, and the even the hunter,
1: the hunter, the hunter. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, he's kind of got the knife mentality now. He even carried a, a case of them. Right. You know, but yet that goes to prove how much more he's pushed away the idea of mm-hmm. what he is trying to become what he wanted to be. Yeah.
0: It's almost like they're trying to foreshadow the kind of person he's going to become because there's definitely some changes going on with Locke. Mm-hmm. You see some changes in his personality. He still seems a lot like the man of, of faith guy, Yeah, but it also becomes clear that he's realizing his potential more and more.
1: Well, wasn't there an episode called Man of Faith, Man of Science? Yeah,
0: Man of Science, Man of Faith is yeah. the season two premiere.
1: Yeah, so I mean... I mean, yeah, it's kind of it goes almost full circle back to that, uh-huh. you
0: know. Right. So next we see Locke in physical therapy after falling from the window. Um, he's being pushed in his wheelchair by the same man who visited Hurley in the hospital. Yeah. You know, shortly after they got back, you know, to or back home. And he tells Locke, you know, that he needs to go on a walkabout. And he says he went on his walkabout as one man and came back as someone totally different. Mm-hmm. And he found out who he was. And Locke doesn't seem to believe him and teases him about being an orderly, despite his, you know, self discovery. And Abaddon says, "I'm I'm a lot more than just an orderly." Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're ready, Mister Locke, you'll listen to what I'm saying, and then you'll you and, when you and I run into each other again, you'll owe me one. Yep, yep. So, any thoughts on this Abaddon guy and well, why he seems to be so involved in the lives of these people? Um, because mm-hmm. I'll remind you, all of this stuff with Locke and the and. Physical therapy happened way before they or before they went on the island.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think you know, obviously the the um, guy is. It seemed like to me like he was putting things in motion mm-hmm. for Locke to get to the island. You know, it's kind of. I mean, it, had he never said something about the walkabout, Locke would have never went to Australia. Locke would have never been on yeah. the flight. Right. Um, he kind of seems like the guy that uh, him and Richard are similar in the fact that they they were responsible for getting people and motivating people to, to get to this island. But this Abaddon guy seems a little more um I don't know, uh heady, you know, like he, he mm-hmm. is definitely he seems more mysterious even then. Even though Richard Alpert's got this huge mystery out of him, this Abaddon guy is the kind of the guy that seems like he may be he may be a lot more controlled than what he's leading on, you know? Right. So
0: Yeah, there's so much mystery around that guy. I mean, the fact that he does seem to be so instrumental in getting Locke to Mm -hmm. become, in a lot of ways, who he is now. Exactly. It's uh, really interesting. Yeah. So in Locke's group here, we have Locke, Hurley, and Ben continue their search for the cabin. Mm -hmm. And Locke says they're looking for the cabin, so hopefully the man inside can tell them what to do about the people who are trying to kill them. And Locke wakes up the next morning and hears someone chopping wood. He goes out into the jungle and finds a man named Mm Horus who says he's chopping down the trees so he can build a getaway for he and his wife. Let's listen to that scene.
1: there. Who are you? I'm Horace. Who? And what are you doing out here? Uh, oh, building a place. A little getaway for me and the missus. No, I mean, sometimes you need a break from the D.I., you know? The Dharma Initiative. <laughs> I'm not making any sense, am I? probably because I've been dead for 12 years. (laughs) Hello there.
0: Find me, John. You
1: gotta find me. And when you do, you'll find him. Who? Jacob. (laughs) He's been waiting for you a real long time, man. I'm Horace.
0: So Horace was in the Dharma Initiative, of course. Mm-hmm. He says he's been dead for 12 years, and some wonderful soul over at Lostpedia ended up calculating that that puts the date of the purge at December 19th, 1992. Mm. Interesting, though, because the Dharma Initiative, to me, so far has seemed old. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, but, but this whole, all this stuff, with the Dharma Initiative happened, it sounds like, around 1992. Hmm. He then cuts down a tree and then looks at Locke again, you know, like he wasn't just talking to him a second ago and says, hello there, again, like it's looping on itself and repeating. Then Locke sees that the tree he had just cut down is standing again. Mm -hmm. Man, I... (laughs) And this seems like it's staring us in the face, but I couldn't quite figure out what that was supposed to mean or what significance it had.
1: Well, it almost, to me, it almost seems like that. Like even the, the nosebleed and stuff, mm-hmm. it almost seemed like he was kind of on that loop of what Desmond, like was, Desmond was going through. Experiencing, right? Like he's caught in this, in even Locke itself is in some sense in on this time thing where it's just almost like kind of back and forth, real quick, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and and the guy says, "I've been dead for twelve years." Well, it makes sense why he'd be able to come there if you know, if he were in this you know limbo i mean mm-hmm. some, i mean this is like this crazy st- stretch you know here but like at some point in in the future you and i are dead mm-hmm. well some point in the past you and i aren't here either you know right. so like in between all that all this takes place mm-hmm. you know if we had the ability to jump around that it wouldn't matter if we died in 20 years or 30 years Right. We could go past our point of death. Right. Or we could go before our point of birth, you know.
0: So if Horace back in the time when he was alive was jumping back and forth in time yeah. periods, it's like, okay, in reality this may be nineteen eighty nine. Right. But he's jumping forward, you know, fifteen years ahead of that, and the point that he jumps to is twelve points after he actually died. Right. Somehow he realizes that. Yeah. I guess, you know, somehow. And then but it's like He's aware that at this point he's dead, but in his own reality he's still alive. Exactly. Because it's only 1989. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool.
1: It's really crazy to think about that. Um, yeah. But but that's the only way this stuff and that makes sense to me also with like Christian and all those people. You mm-hmm. know, like even to that degree that those people, yeah, they're dead, but they're alive. In right. some sense, in, uh-huh. in time, they are alive. Oh, that's
0: huge, yeah. So, like, all these people, if they're doing the same thing, it's like they're able to, to jump back and forth between the time when they're alive mm-hmm. and, you know, the time when they're really dead. But why then did they make the big deal about, you know, Desmond needing to find a constant or else he was going to die?
1: Well, I mean, I think that that is a physical death that, you know, okay. like, I mean, he, Desmond, I don't, I mean, Desmond obviously dies at some point, mm-hmm. right. but I don't think he's dead now. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, his present state isn't dead, whereas, like, Christian's present state really is dead, so, you know, he can only go up into point, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a certain point, but you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if Christian was, or... um Horace or any of these people were able to do that with this island, being able to travel in and out of time, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's very, very possible that this could, you know, could be that. I mean, Christian's body being on the island, I don't know if that had something to do with it or not. Right. You know, because, I mean, maybe just being on that island would give him that opportunity as well.
0: Right. So if this is Horace, who's really alive and traveling back and forth through time, Without a constant, and that's why he gets the nosebleed. Uh-huh. Then that means like he's trying to interfere with the past or the future, I guess. Yeah, trying to interfere with the future mm-hmm. to to lead Locke to Jacob, right? In somehow, in yeah. some way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hmm. As if, yeah, for whatever reason, that is either supposed to happen or has to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know that was part of Horace's like. Um, Mission in life, you know, it's like the the mission continues, whether you're dead or not. Right. You know, it's like, you know, like uh, Locke has to do these certain things. And if it takes Horace to get him there, Horace's Mm -hmm. life will continue whether he's dead or
0: not. So you don't think it's necessarily Horace in control of the whole thing. It's just some power, the island or whatever, is using his body. Right in time traveling to to impact the you know, decisions that are being made
1: exactly and it's the same way with Christian I don't think Christian's necessarily like able to like live mm-hmm. I think he has the only the ability to live to uh, uh, to influence people's lives mm-hmm. on this island Jack's uh, Claire's. Whoever's, You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like he's really able to go, well, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee now. You know, it's like he only has a purpose. I want to take a break for a little while. (laughs) Yeah, he just has a purpose. (laughs) Right. You know.
0: Okay. And so Horace says, you know, you got to find me and then you'll find Jacob. He's been waiting for you a real long time. Mm -hmm. And Horace's nose starts bleeding. And, you know, again, he knocks over the tree that he had just cut down previously. And he wakes up from the dream. He says, you know, he knows where to go. Um, Now, and Ben says, you know, he used to have dreams. Mm -hmm. So Ben, at some point, was having these same sorts of experiences, of being led around by these dreams and visions. Yeah. So uh, later he asked Hurley if he ever wondered what happened to the Dharma Initiative. And he says there must have been a hundred of them living on the island, manning stations, building homes. And then one day they're just all gone. Uh, they then arrive at the mass grave Mm -hmm. where all the dharma people are buried and ben tells hurley that he didn't wipe out the dharma initiative it wasn't his decision it was their leader's decision or his leader's decision Mm -hmm. i guess i wasn't real sure what he meant there and uh, hurley says i thought you were their leader and ben says not always and uh just then Locke finds horace's body and some blueprints and we find out that horace was building the cabin right so this cabin that's had so much mystery, it was built by Horace mm-hmm. for he and his wife. hmm So interesting. Nice to find out a little bit yeah. more information on all that stuff. Yeah. Now my next section is all on the freighter and the things that happened on the freighter. Anything else about Locke's group before we move on to that?
1: Um I mean you're always a go- you're obviously come back to Locke's group. Yeah, the very end. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
0: Yep. So on the freighter, Lapidus gets back with the helicopter and Kimi's men. Kimi finds out that Michael was the man that told Ben he was coming, and he decides to shoot him, but the gun misfires. So uh. first thing that popped in my mind, obviously the island isn't done with Michael right. yet. Yeah. So he later opens a special safe to get the secondary protocol for how they're to handle the island. He says something about torching the island, and <laughs> that was mm-hmm. about it. And just then, one of Kimi's men gets the Morse code signal from Miles and Jack's group, asking about the doctor. Right. The man tells the doctor about the message, and he's confused. But then Kimi ends up slitting his throat and tossing him overboard. Mm-hmm. So, um, basically, yeah, the the guy showed up on the beach dead, you know, half hour before he was actually killed. Mm-hmm. Well. So weird, weird yeah. time stuff going on. Yeah.
1: There yeah very weird,
0: yeah. so the man, oh, let's see here. Um, yeah, okay. so Saeed starts talking to the captain about how they're going to get all these people off the island and arranges to he arranges to get them a boat so they can get back to the island. but Desmond refuses to leave so he can make sure and get back together with Penny when she gets there. Mm-hmm. A wise choice, I think, yeah. and uh, later, Michael and Lapitas see Kimi's you know Kimi getting some of the uh, some sort of contraption strapped to his arm. Yeah. And Kimi then shoots the captain, and he and his crew are headed back to the island, presumably to blow it all up. Mm. And Jack and his group see the helicopter coming, and as it goes over, Lapidus tosses out a bag that has a sat phone in it uh, with a a beacon that shows exactly where the helicopter is located. Yeah.
1: And very Jack-like, he's. I think they want us to follow him. Like, oh. Yeah. Get yeah. it completely wrong, won't you? Yeah. One more time, Jack.
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It's definitely the, let them know where they're at so they can stay away. Yeah. You know. Okay, so they find the cabin at the very end here. Mm-hmm. And Ben says, you know, he's not going in. The island wanted him to get sick and it wanted Locke to get well. So his time is over and it's Locke's time. Mm-hmm. So Locke gets inside and there's a man sitting in the rocking chair. He asks the man in the rocking chair if he's Jacob, and he says, No, but I can speak on his behalf. And we then see that the man is Christian Shepherd.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Locke says, I'm here because I was chosen to be, and uh, that's absolutely right, Christian says. And Locke hears a creak and goes over to find Claire sitting in another chair.
1: Yeah, very just chilled out Claire.
0: Yeah. No worry about her baby. She left out in the middle of the jungle. Nothing.
1: Nothing at all.
0: Very creepy. Yeah. And uh, she says not to worry that she's fine and she's with Christian. And uh, Christian says the baby is where it's supposed to be and that is not here. He also says it's probably best that he not tell anyone that he saw Claire there. Which That was interesting to me. Mm -hmm. This isn't like some weird ghostly being that's like, on a higher plane and is no longer concerned with the things of the world. Right. This is, listen, Locke, you know, what you saw here, you probably better not tell anybody about Claire. Yeah. It was just so weird. Like, it changed, like, my perception of of who Christian was and Mm -hmm. what part he played in all this.
1: Yeah, it was was definitely, definitely strange. And I was trying to think about my wife and I actually talking about it. I was like, what what could have been said to Claire Mm -hmm. to make her just so calm? You know, and I'm thinking... You know, look, if you don't leave him, he's going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, it's either be without your child or it's going you're both gonna die. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the only thing I can think of, you know, and you know, or or you know, Christian gave her the plan and she was so convinced that he was right that it that you know, made sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I, I don't know, but it, there's definitely something that's been said there.
0: Yeah, some, but that's the creepy thing to me is it seems like it's beyond that. Oh, yeah, it's definitely. Like it's not just he said, listen, you know, and he reasoned with her, and she said, well, okay, I'll leave the baby then. Yeah. It's like something clicked, and no longer that's no longer even important.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I don't know what, I don't, and that's what I'm trying to think of, is like what uh-huh. is so, what's so changing Yeah, that it changes her so much that, that that's the case. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he says, the people from the boat are already on their way here, so why don't you ask the one question that does matter? And Locke asks, how do I save the island? Hurley and Ben share a candy bar outside. I love that scene. Mm -hmm. There's there's no talking. It's just awesome. Yeah. (laughs) It's so lighthearted. Oh, yeah. And then Locke comes outside and tells them that they have to move the island.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, Well, the one thing that first off I wrote about the whole... Ben and Hurley you know, shared a candy bar, This, uh, Ben becomes common. Mm-hmm. At that point, to me, he he becomes co- just common. He's just a normal like the, everyday right, person. Like everybody else. Right. You know, and then with the whole, John comes out and saying that we have to move the island. That, to me, doesn't, I mean, it, it means in time. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I mean, like, they have to somehow alter their position in time mm-hmm. because um uh, it, it'll i think you know obviously if you move it in time it moves it even probably physically right you know with this uh, you know the earth changing and things like that mm-hmm. i mean so right. i mean now that Wid, Widmore is on the hot trail you move it um it's gone i mean it's gone that yeah. that that there's no way for them to find it you yeah. know right so
0: but yeah just the whole concept of them the, for the first time mentioning moving this island that mm-hmm. there's a potential for them to actually move it
1: Figuring that just out crazy. how to do that. Yeah. I mean what what in the yeah. World?
0: yeah, I mean uh just uh, crazy. This really changes the show in a lot of ways. It yeah. seems like so insignificant, but just moving the island. You know, it's no it's not just a weird island in the middle of some place <laughs> that has all these weird characteristics. It's like they can move it.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I <laughs> know. I don't whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Any other thoughts on the episode overall?
1: Um, I mean Definitely, uh, I like the episode. It messed my head quite a bit. Um, one thing that my wife and I I have been talking about uh, is, like, why De- – uh, this is kind of off the wall here, but why Desmond didn't explain to Michael – um, or not Michael, well, my well, guess Michael, but mostly Said mm-hmm. about Widmore. You know, like, basically, on whenever, you know, it was like, hey, look, no, this guy's an evil junk, mm-hmm. you know. He really stayed quiet about the whole thing on the boat.
0: Right. And he was around whenever the pilot was uh-huh. talking about Widmore, too, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah.
1: And he just kind of didn't say anything about it. You know, he wasn't like, oh, I, I know these guys, you yeah. know. He was just like.
0: Maybe he hasn't quite made sense out of it because he didn't really know that much about her father other than he didn't want him around his daughter.
1: Yeah. But even right, right after, okay, right after, we're going back a couple episodes here, but right after uh, Widmore is brought up is when Saeed rats out Michael. Mm-hmm. For for being the the spy for Ben, right? And I'm like, why? If I'm if I'm Desmond, I say, wait a minute. I know Mr. Widmore as well. Yeah. Let's not let's be not so, assume he's yeah, the good guy. Yeah. And, yeah. Right. You know, so it's kind of just a little weird there.
0: That is really weird that he he didn't have anything to say about at, it at all? all. Like I would be fr- pretty freaked out if I found out that you know my you know fiance's her. Father was like in charge of this team of people exactly. coming to this island that was so mysterious and yeah. didn't know anything about it. And all of a sudden, you find out he's involved.
1: Yeah, I'd be like, "Oh my gosh! Wait, I know this guy." I mean, there'd be something that would come out of my mouth. Not, but he was completely silent about it.
0: Right. Yeah, that is weird. I'd be really interested to know if anybody has any thoughts on that. Um, yeah, feel free to email those if you want, since it's you know after the recording of this show. Uh, to info at com, or you can call the listener line at 765-439-4190 and tell us what you think about that. Why would Desmond have stayed quiet about the whole Widmore situation being so closely, you know, related to it himself? Especially in light of him knowing that Penny was on her way to find him mm-hmm. and the fact that her father was responsible for that team being there in the first place. Yeah,
1: and she didn't know nothing about the boat. She's like, what boat? Yeah, you know, so right. no, they know she know he knows for a fact that uh, Woodmore and, and her and Penny wasn't doing this together. You know, it wasn't a it wasn't a joint, you know, effort to find Desmond. You know, uh-huh.
0: so yeah, I mean, there should have been something said, mm-hmm. something said there. But anyway, from the forums here, Brandon and Bama uh, has a comment here. He says, although I already knew it was Christian in the rocking chair by listening to tons of Lost podcasts, it was still very intriguing to see. Christian suddenly become a pivotal character on the show, seemingly out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uber creepy Claire, who seemed at this point that she could care less about Aaron, still sends a chill up my spine to this day. What happened there? Mm-hmm. He says, we see or have referenced every member of the Shepherd family in the cabin minus Jack. This makes me think that Jack's character is extremely important. The shepherd lineage must play a crucial role in the grand plan of the writers. Mm-hmm. Could they be like the island's royalty? He wants us to move the island. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of that idea? I've never heard this idea of this the shepherd family being important in some way yeah, to this island.
1: I, I you know, I didn't think about it until you, know, you just read it, but I mean, it is very interesting mm-hmm. The I mean, it'd be crazy if you you meet Jacob and Jacob's Jack.
0: Yeah, like it ends up being Christian's yeah. father or, or something like or, that. Or
1: Jack, you know, mm-hmm. like this. But they instead of him being called, his real name was Jacob. You know, it's like, oh wow, you know, it'd be freaky <laughs> out. Be and you're crazy. going, oh my gosh, okay, Jack was this whole yeah, place. yeah.
0: Especially with all this time travel crap they yeah. got going on. What if if Jack or somebody decides after they figure out how to master this whole time travel mm-hmm. thing that they're going to go back and to the beginning it. of this island and become this Jacob character right. that manipulates everything that happens on yeah. the island after that for some grand purpose right that would be sweet yeah that would be really sweet yeah. i could actually that would actually be a suitable ending yeah. for the show yeah
1: yeah exactly yeah
0: and i've never really heard any theory like that yeah, that's, I haven't that's pretty either. cool that's really cool so yeah great thoughts man that's that's just a really cool idea Anything else from you before we wrap this up? That's it. Well, on Wednesday, we're going to be discussing There's No Place Like Home, the season four finale, an awesome, awesome, awesome finale. And uh, man, we are ready to start on season five.
1: I know. I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't
0: believe it. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm really excited to dig in to some of the huge mystery in next season. Um, because like I told you a long time ago, when this episode, this season started, there's they're, they're definitely answering some questions. Okay. And uh, I can't wait to dig into it. Well, everyone, thanks so much for listening to another episode. We are on our 80th episode now. I can't believe that it's been 80 episodes already. Um, But until the next one, we hope you all have a great day, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at LostMysteryPodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at LostMysteryPodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.